Good afternoon and welcome to On the Arts, our weekly radio magazine of the performing arts. I'm your host, David LaTulipe. Today, a cavalcade of amazing artists with a heavy bias towards the symphonic. Composer Gabriella Smith will be joined by organist James McVinney to talk about the premiere of Gabriella's Breathing Forests with the San Francisco Symphony this weekend. Composer David Conte joins conductor Don Harms and cellist Emile Milan to talk about this Saturday's Bay Area Rainbow Symphony concert. Conductor Daniel Stewart shares his program with the San Francisco Youth Orchestra. And regular contributor Peter Robinson returns to Muse on the month of November. I'm David Latulipe, your host. Join me after this news update. BBC News with Sue Montgomery. The UN Security Council has passed a resolution calling for urgent and extended humanitarian pauses in the fighting in Gaza. It says the pauses could last for days to allow the delivery of aid. Nada Taufik reports. This resolution passed after weeks of council silence because permanent members Russia, the U.S. and Britain abstained rather than vetoed. Moscow said it wanted stronger language that called for a truce or ceasefire, as supported by 121 nations in the General Assembly. Both Washington and London, allies of Israel, said they could not vote yes on a resolution that did not condemn Hamas. But their speeches explained why they offered tacit approval to emphasize that too many Palestinian civilians, including children, were being killed and not enough aid was getting in. Israel has insisted the largest hospital in Gaza is being used as a command centre by Hamas, as soldiers spent a second night searching the site. The Israeli army has released unverified videos showing weapons hidden inside al-Shifa, but they're yet to produce evidence of a sophisticated network of Hamas tunnels. An advisor to the Israeli Prime Minister, Mark Regev, said it was clear the hospital was concealing a comprehensive military machine. We don't enter a hospital lightly. There has to be a serious reason for us to do so. But the fact that Hamas has used the hospital as a shield for its military machine, I don't think anyone serious doubts that today. Hamas has committed a war crime by turning the hospital into a war zone. Israel's actions are a response to that. Hamas has repeatedly denied the accusations. President Biden says he's made real progress at a long-awaited meeting with the Chinese leader Xi Jinping. U.S. officials say the talks near San Francisco lasted more than four hours. Details of the discussions haven't yet been made public. Helena Humphrey was at the summit. The relationship between the United States and China going into this meeting was at its lowest ebb in some four decades. Now, when we saw the two presidents come together after the handshakes, there were some platitudes exchanged trying to get this conversation off to a positive start. President Biden saying it was a privilege to welcome Xi Jinping to the United States. And Xi, for his part, saying surely there must be a planet in which these two superpowers can coexist because he said the consequences of conflict conflict would be unbearable for both. The UN nuclear watchdog says Iran's decision to withdraw the accreditation of several of the agency's experienced inspectors has seriously affected its ability to verify activities in the country. You're listening to the World News from the BBC. 
A new report says nine major Asian economies must increase their use of renewable energy if the world's goal of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2030 is to be achieved. German researchers say the countries include Japan, Vietnam and South Korea. Initial results from the presidential runoff election in Liberia point to an extremely tight race. With almost a quarter of the results in, President George Weah has 49% of the votes, just behind the opposition's Joseph Boakai, who is over 50%. Brazilian police say three British Airways stewards lied in their testimony when they said they didn't turn up for work because they had been robbed in the streets of Rio de Janeiro. Here's our America's regional editor, Leonardo Rocha. The police investigation, which includes footage from security cameras, suggests that the three BA employees actually spent a night consuming large amounts of drugs and alcohol. One of them was admitted to hospital at the end of the night after collapsing in one of Rio's most dangerous shanty towns, Complexo do Alemão. The authorities say the air stewards lied to avoid being punished by their employer. British Airways said this was now a police matter. It confirmed the flight was postponed, but said the three employees were not on duty on that particular day. A British ultra-marathon runner has been banned from athletics for a year for using a car during an 80-kilometre race. Yuasha Zakchevsky claimed third place in the race from Manchester to Liverpool in April, but tracking data later showed she had travelled in a car for several kilometres. The 47-year-old, who has represented Great Britain and Scotland, said she told officials she was injured but wanted to complete the race on a non-competitive basis. BBC News. This is Sunni Khalid, news editor here at KALW. In case you missed it, hundreds of demonstrators rallied near the side of the Apex Summit in downtown San Francisco. And Major League Baseball is poised to approve a move by the Oakland A's to Las Vegas. You can hear these stories, as well as others from our partners at NPR and the BBC, by logging onto our website at KALW.org. Meanwhile, keep your dial set on 91.7, where KALW... San Francisco Bay Area. That's the virtuosic organ sound under the fingers and most likely feet of my guest, James McVinney. An excerpt from Nico Muli's The Reverend Mustard, his installation. The composer James has worked with and championed. 
On November 17th and 18th, Esapekka Salonen conducts the San Francisco Symphony's first performances of Gabriella Smith's organ concerto, Breathing Forests, which conjures the spaces and sounds of California and features James as soloist. He makes his orchestral series debut with the symphony in these concerts. The program, entitled From the Edge and conducted by music director Esapekka Salonen, also includes Igor Stravinsky's Les Nos, which depicts a festive, folk-inflected Slavic wedding, and in this unique presentation, artist Hilary Laban's vivid animated shorts and Stephen Stuckey's orchestration. Also on the program from Stravinsky is Octet for Winds and Brass. Here to talk more about that program is composer Gabriella Smith and organist James McVinney. James McVinney is an English organist who has held organ-playing positions at St. Paul's Cathedral in Westminster Abbey, and whose work as pianist and organist encompasses music from the 16th century to the present day. He has collaborated with artists Philip Glass, the aforementioned Nico Muli, Bryce Dessner, and more, and has launched the James McVinney Ensemble, a collective of virtuoso keyboardists from London that specializes in new music. Welcome to you, James. Hi, great to be here. And through her work, Gabrielle Smith, Bay Area composer, connects listeners with the natural world in an invitation to find joy in climate action. Her current projects include large-scale works for the Cronus Quartet about climate solutions commissioned in celebration of their 50th anniversary season, an album-length work for Y Music and Underwater Field Recordings, and she has a laundry list of upcoming performances. Good for you, Gabriella. Hi, thanks for having us. Sure, welcome. Uh, Gabrielle, I imagine composing for the organ must be, I don't know, daunting, so many options, but exciting as well. Absolutely. I knew nothing about the organ before meeting Jamie, and he was really my guide throughout the whole process and taught me pretty much everything I now know about the organ. Did you were you able to uh, explore different sounds? So to I mean, every organ is different, though, too. I mean, do you, there are certain parameters as this piece moves around the country or the world. Let's um, have, have Jamie uh, talk about that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, <clears throat> I mean, um, often composers uh, that I work with um, have very little or no experience of writing for the organ, so it's always a, an amazing opportunity to um, introduce this amazing instrument that you know really has kind of been at the forefront of um, uh, contemporary music throughout the throughout the centuries that it's been around. Um, and yeah, we, we work quite closely together on um, a kind of vague idea of sound world and dynamic. And um, uh, each organ is um, unique to its own space and its own acoustic environment. So um, th- there's a wonderful kind of uh, process of uh, uh, custom making the, the performance for, for each space. So, yeah, we're, we're about to get into that after we uh, speak to you today. Mm, indeed. Uh, tell us a little bit about the work's gestation, uh, Gabriella. Well, Jamie and I met at a concert with L.A. Phil in 2019. Um, They were doing a piece of mine conducted by John Adams, and Jamie was premiering uh, Philip Glass, Symphony No. 12, which has a prominent organ part, and we just hung out, and uh, he gave me a tour of the organ there after one of the concerts, and uh, it was just so much fun to see how it worked and for him to demo it for me, and then that turned into um, the idea of me writing an organ concerto for him. And um, it just seemed like the perfect fit. Uh, Jamie, had you heard of Gabriella's writing before? Yeah, very much so. I mean, this this uh, 
2019 meeting, I'd um, definitely, uh, it was the first time we'd met in person, but I'd uh, certainly come across her work before. So yeah, very captivated by it. James, you've been a great contributor to the massive California Festival, recently at Walt Disney Concert Hall, uh, the L.A. Philharmonic for a um, piano and organ recital yesterday at the Concert Hall, and L.A. Phil Commission chamber work, Green Umbrella, a concert which also saw the world premiere of Sam Adams' Eden Interstates, a good friend of this station as well, Sam. So that must have been fun. It was amazing, yeah. We had a had a great night last night, and an uh, incredible piece by Sam, um, uh, it's uh, it's really a, it's a concerto for orchestra uh, for organ and um, small ensemble, but he's chosen all of the instruments in the orchestra that make the loudest sound. So it kind of has the scale of a grand symphonic um, uh, palette. So there's loads of brass and percussion and two pianos, uh, two electric guitars, a synthesizer and a big pipe organ. So yeah, it's a terrific terrific uh new new addition to the repertoire and what do you make of the the organ at uh, walt disney hall the gary designed it's it's pretty it's pretty epic yeah it's uh, i mean it's as spectacular to play and listen to as it is to look at um i think it's a unique uh unique design i've never seen anything like it is this your first foray into our fair state or uh i've i've been uh, many times to los angeles um uh, to play at Disney Hall, uh, but this is only my, only my second time in the city of San Francisco. So, um, and then my first time playing at the uh, at Davies Symphony Hall. So, I'm really really excited to get stuck in. Well, I hope you have some time away from the soggy weather that's coming up, and you had a, a little bit of time to explore. But again, yeah. you're just coming off these performances in LA, so probably not much. Yeah, I came straight from the airport to here, but uh, yeah, we do have a little bit of time, so I'm going to do some exploring and uh, and try and see, see the sites. So yeah, very Great. very happy to be here. Uh, Gabriella, looking over your catalog of works, I see the intriguingly titled F parens X equals sine squared X minus one over X <laughs> from 2019. It's a work that was co-commissioned by the Cincinnati Symphony and the Curtis Symphony Orchestra. Tell us, it's rather interesting title. Oh, yes. Well, when I write music, one of the first things I think about is the shape that the piece is going to have. So the energy contour of the music. So that can be things like dynamic, pitch, all of these things contribute to that. And it's sort of just like the overall feeling of the journey of where you're going. And that formula just describes an arc that sort of has a shape of two waves. And it's just a very specific way of describing that shape. And this piece, Breathing Forests, you can, it doesn't have the same shape, but you can feel that it has sort of a series of waves to it as well. So you you could call any piece that, you know, just finding a different formula for what fits. And does this does has that had many performances uh, over the course of its young life? F of X, um, really only a couple, just because it was premiered right before the pandemic began. Um, but the Cabrillo Festival just did it this summer. Nice, uh, good friends of this station as well, the Cabrillo Festival. Um, also, again, talking about what's going on for you this weekend down in Costa Mesa, your bioluminescence Chacon being performed by the Pacific Symphony. This Sunday, musicians from the Berkeley Symphony perform your Carrot Revolution. After that, more with the Kronos Quartet, and coming up, more with Esa Pekka Salonen for the Nobel Prize concert with the Royal Stockholm Philharmonic. Among your works, among the works on that program, Tumblebird Contrails. Again, environmentally focused. Tell us a little bit about Tumblebird Contrails. So San Francisco Symphony also did that piece in March, which I was here for, which was very fun. 
And that piece came out of, um, so when I was a teenager, I grew up here in the Bay Area in Berkeley, but I also spent five years volunteering as a um, volunteering at a songbird research project in Point Reyes. And so I spent so much time in Point Reyes growing up, which is, you know, sort of one of my favorite places in the world. And I think a lot of people's favorite place in the Bay Area. And um, I wrote that piece after after that, but when I was getting into solo backpacking, and that was one of the first places I wanted to try it alone because I knew it so well. And so I was just trying out my gear and, and myself to see if I liked it. And that piece was inspired by a single moment at the very end of the trip, right before I headed back to the trailhead to civilization, where I was just enjoying the sounds of the ocean, sitting in the sand, hearing the sizzle of the waves going through the sand, the pounding surf, the gulls, and all of that infused its way into this piece that I wrote for also the Cabrillo Festival in 2014. Nice. Um, James, um, you're, does this continue a tour of some sort of your um, of various cities, or are you just in and out? And uh... um, I'm heading home on Sunday. Uh, so, yeah, just been L.A. and San Francisco. It, it's um I mean, it's been wonderful to be in California for the, these two weeks and, and playing such amazing concerts. Um, it's been a real treat. More coming from the James McVinney uh, Collective. Yeah, we're doing um, we're doing uh, various performances next year. Um, this later in this season um, in London, um, I have a res- residency at the South Bank Centre in London, and uh, the group's performing a, a program of. Um, 20th and 21st century American music. Um, it's it, American music is uh, popular in England, but uh, our ecosystem there is different from here, and it's uh, it's it's not a rarity. But it's uh, presenting that kind of music is um, is is a really cool thing to do in in London. So, yeah, nice. Um, we'll keep in touch next time you're back out this way, and we'll have some more time with you, perhaps face to face, other than Zoom to Zoom. <laughs> Gabriella, we don't have an excerpt from Breathing Forests as it is having its premiere on Friday, but let's hear a little bit of your work of uh, Carrot Revolution that will be performed this Sunday with the uh, Berkeley Symphony Chamber Musicians. Could you tell us a little bit about Carrot Revolution? Sure. So I wrote that piece in 2015, and it was commissioned by the Barnes Foundation in Philadelphia. And if any of you are not familiar with it, it's a strange art museum in that it has, instead of a single painting on each large blank white wall, it's all of these paintings crammed up right next to each other, interspersed with um, everyday household metal objects and pottery and furniture. And they're all arranged in specific ways that the collector, Albert Barnes, felt would bring out the specific shapes and textures and colors in each one that you might not otherwise notice. So the piece is sort of a celebration of that, of unusual juxtapositions and of new ways of looking at familiar things like the string quartet. All right. Uh, Before we hear that, let me thank Jamie McVinney for taking some time today and Gabriella uh, Gabriella Smith, <laughs> tough name to remember there for uh, for taking some time today on the arts. Here's a little bit of Carrot Revelation. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Great note.
great title, Carrot Revolution, just to give you a little sampling of the music of Gabriella Smith. That concert on Friday and Saturday will include works by Aaron Copeland. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Stravinsky. Aaron Copeland's just on the way here. Uh, Breathing Forest, organ concerto premiere by Gabriella Smith, Lenos, and Octet for Winds and Brass by Igor Stravinsky uh, as well. And uh, those concerts, sfsymphony.com. Uh, interesting animations being offered as well during the... Uh, um, I'm just trying to cue some music here. During the Lenos. So that should be interesting to catch. Please do if you can. Our link to that concert will be at our website as well. Still to come, Peter Robinson muses on... The month of November, and I'll be talking with Danny, Danny Stewart about the San Francisco Youth Symphony concert. Bay Area Rainbow Symphony season continues this Saturday evening for a concert of music by Aaron Copeland, his Billy the Kid suite. You heard a bit of a gun battle and the celebration as the Western town celebrates the demise of the outlaw. On the program also, Seth Grosshandler's Mountain Festival Orchestra, David Conte's Cello Concerto with soloist Emile Milan, and Igor Stravinsky's Firebird Suite, all conducted by Don Harms. This concert, as the others mentioned today, is also part of the California Festival, a statewide music initiative showcasing the most compelling and forward-looking voices and performances of works written in the past five years. A trio from the bar's artistic team associated with this concert joined me to tell us more, conductor Don Harms, composer David Conte, and our soloist, Emil Milan. I say our soloist because, full disclaimer, I am a participant of the Bay Area Rainbow Symphony, this time largely in the piccolo department. Dawn Harms is in her 11th and, sadly for us, final season as music director and conductor of Bars, which we'll collectively weep about later. She's one of the busiest musicians in the Bay Area with a diverse career ranging from chamber musician, violin soloists, concert master and conductor. She's a member of the San Francisco Opera Orchestra, associate concert master for the New Century Chamber Orchestra, and co-concert master with the Oakland East Bay Symphony, and regularly records out at Skywalker Ranch for various projects. Welcome back to our airwaves, Don Harms. Yay! Thank you, David, so much. We're thrilled to be here. Well, Oakland-born cellist Emil Milan is our soloist. He joined the San Francisco Opera Orchestra in 1988. He made a solo debut with the San Francisco Symphony at age 16. That same year, selected to perform for Rostropovich in master classes at Berkeley. A rich career has followed with, I think, too many highlights to mention, but here are a couple. 
playing with Frederica von Stade in Carnegie Hall for her farewell recital, and the Violins of Hope project, which also included cellos. The instruments being played there had survived the Nazi concentration camps with them speaking about their owners with incredible composing by Jake Heggie and the marvelous voice of Sasha Cook. Emil, welcome. Thank you, David. Pleasure to be here. And composer David Conte is chair of the composition department and professor of composition at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music. David was among the last students of legendary teacher Nadia Boulanger, who taught many of the leading composers and musicians of the 20th century, including Aaron Copland, Lenny Bernstein, Ned Roram, Virgil Thompson, and Philip Glass. He is the composer over, of over 150 published works, including six operas, a musical, works for chorus, solo voice, orchestra, chamber music, organ, piano, guitar, and harp. David co-wrote the film score for the documentary Ballet Russe, shown at the Sundance and Toronto Film Festivals, and composed the music for the PBS documentary Orozco, Man of Fire, shown on the American Master series. Three CDs of his music have been released since 2015, his chamber music, also Facing West, choral music of Conrad Sousa and David Conte, and Everyone Sang, vocal music of David Conte. David, welcome back to you to our On the Airwaves. David, I, David? There, you should be there. I'm not hearing your audio, though, so maybe you're muted now. Maybe but, he's unmuted, yeah. You're, you're, you're muted. Unmute, well, David. To, oh, there you are. Is that it? There you are. Hi. Welcome back. Uh, he's muted it once again. So if this, oh no, oh there you are. I think you're okay. Can we? That's hear... Emil laughing. I know. Uh, can we hear David chatting? All right, David. Doesn't look like we got your uh, your Zoom working properly. Give me a call at the studio at the number you called recently, and we'll get you on to the conversation as uh, as things go on. So let's start our conversation then with Dawn. <laughs> uh, I just love Zoom. Uh, you know. Uh... <laughs> The last interview I had live in the studio was Sting, just prior to the pandemic. And I don't think oh, that would have been the same by Zoom. I just miss having a physical presence of of, uh, of my guests. And, of course, the technical issues are always a joy. Yeah. I love <laughs> yeah, being in the studio talented. with you. Yeah. Well, Dawn, an important part of the bar's mission is to promote and acknowledge the LGBTQ plus members and guests who proudly wear that moniker. While we yes. welcome non LGBTQ members and perform their works as well. Stravinsky's the only one who doesn't fit the bill, to the best of our knowledge. That's right. Well, That's all right. three of you do, as does the other composers represented, Seth Grosshandler and Aaron Copeland. Yeah. Could you maybe offer our audience a little insight as to why that public visibility is so important? Well, I mean, you know, they say we live in a bubble here in San Francisco, and I suppose we do, but especially with the political climate the way it is it is so important to play these composers um especially it would be great to do it outside of san francisco but we are trying to really promote it and hopefully with the websites and with radio and with your programs it really gives us exposure and just shows people that we're still here we're still viable and there's people that you might not even know that copen's gay or or um Gross handler, and it's so important to play these works that um, leave a message for all of us, and that we are viable in the community. And so we just continue to do that. Well, especially in this day and age, you'd think that we were all over this 
prejudice and uh, bias against our community. But no, we're not. It's uh, that's, we need that's to be the thing. visible. Yeah. I almost want to take bars on tour to like the southern states and the states that aren't necessarily open to LGBT communities. And that would be much more viable and much more important. But right now we're, we're being um, highlighted and promoting ourselves out there for this. And that's why I usually we have gay soloists always and at least one, if not two composers on every um, concert. And I usually have a female. We were going to have Boulanger, but Nadia's pieces, she's an incredible uh, pedagogue. David can talk more about that. And an incredible importance in our uh, in the composition um, departments. But she's so viable, but there wasn't a piece really orchestrally that we could perform. Well, so. you know, I, part of the challenge is um, that, and I imagine frustrations of working with a group like the Bay Area Rainbow Symphony, is that unlike you and Emil, we're all pretty darn busy outside of the world of music. And that coupled with scheduling ordeals, uh, personnel, cat wrangling, you've got a bunch of part-time musicians coming into an evening rehearsal after a long day of doing whatever it is they do as their profession, yet still trying to step forward. Absolutely. And I, I keep that in mind, you know, so I try to be um, with energy and get them to have energy. And I feel so grateful, really, because the end product is just phenomenal. What happens from the first rehearsal to the performance is just I'm blown away. I'm almost like, where, where have you taken my musicians? And they're, just, they're amazing. I always think to myself, they don't do this as a living. And they sound you know, like a professional orchestra, including you, might oh, I add, aren't you David sweet. Aren't you sweet? Go on, go on. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a great pickle part, and you, you just play it magnificently. It's, it's a lot of fun. So, Don, I mentioned our, our weeping and tears being shed. So, are you taking a, a break from conducting that, or uh, you know, um, no, I'm doing more guesting. Leading? Oh, good. I'm actually doing a lot of guesting. Yeah, you know, I love it, and I I feel it's very important. They actually I don't think have announced it yet, David, but now it's out there. <laughs> um, they're going to announce it, I think, at the concert on the 18th. Oh, so. oop, oops. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. And <laughs> and because they'll probably have like a hundred applicants, you know, everybody. Yeah. Uh, um, let's. There's all these little 26 year old um, wonderful conductors that want the job, probably. Yeah, let's 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 get David involved in the conversation as well as yes. Emil. Emil, this work of David Conte's his cello concerto was a commission from Michael Morgan and the Bear Valley Music Festival, which had its premiere at the 2018 festival, I believe, with you performing. World a bit less musical without Michael, who was a frequent guest here on the Arts. Can you tell me more about how you worked with David to help shape it, or did he just plop it on your music stand, and then how Michael Morgan <laughs> helped birth it? Well, you know, we all miss Michael, don't we? It's going to be wonderful to make this a tribute concert to him. Um, and with David, I have been blessed, David, to work with the other David Conti, mm-hmm. um, for quite a while and played a lot of his music. Um, I recorded his cello sonata that he wrote for me with, um, oh, Miles. What's Miles' last name? Don, help me. The beautiful pianist. Graber, Graber. Yes, Miles Graber. Thank you, Don. <laughs> we recorded that, and it's a beautiful piece. Um, also, some other works I've done of David's. But when this idea of the cello concerto came up, it was um, we had already established a, an artistic relationship, and he just writes such beautiful music. He did kind of just present it. 
I had very little to say with the actual um, writing of the music, but he uh, he knows my musical personality, how I play, and he certainly celebrated that, I think. I what think, do you think, Garn? I think we have David on the line as well now, uh, on the actual phone line. David, yeah, he can speak for himself. David, what would you like, to add, what would you like to add to about your vision and, and the trajectory of your concerto? Uh, hello, everyone. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Oh, great. Um, thanks for your kind words, uh, Emil. Um, I always say about Emil, because he did perform with a lot of the world's great singers, like Flicka and um, Lorraine Hunt Lieberman, that um, he plays like a singer, and I, the way he plays like a singer is he plays between the notes, like the way Schwarzkopf used to sing. And I think not all modern singers have that concept of line. And so I decided with my concerto, um, it has no cadenza, it has no double stops. It's just a big, long 21-minute melody, because that's for me, Emil's strength, and that's how I decided very consciously to write the piece. In that way, it's not a concerto in movements. It's, as I said, it's in it's in four big sections. But so it was really I did very much tailor to him, and also Michael it was the fourth piece that I written for Michael over many years that I knew him, and um, and so it was a true labor of love. And I I've loved bars. This is I think the fourth piece of mine. The bars is done and dawn. I just yes. want to say that, you know, Dawn conducts with such authority um, and personality and confidence that it's always great to work with her. And so I'm very well, grateful to have this your opportunity. Your pieces are so melodic and so accessible to everyone. That's why I love your mm. pieces. They're just, thank you. It, it's, you know, 21st century, but yet it's just stunning and everyone can relate to it. Everybody. It's just lyrical, yes. lyrical, Beautiful lyrical. Beautiful melodies from your, your wonderful heart, David. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, I look forward I'm to performing I am going to run because I'm teaching a class at the conservatory, and they, they're waiting for me to be five minutes okay. late. But, David, thank you as always for including me, and thank you, my friends. We'll be together soon. Indeed, on we'll Saturday. We'll see you soon, David. Thank you, David. Keep up the keep up. Bye. Now, Bye, now here's, here's to my other friend, David. May I sing Dawn's praises for a moment? Because <laughs> Dawn and I, have? I, I... I don't know. We don't, do we have 10 hours on this? <laughs> um, Seriously, Dawn and I met, wasn't it at school in Boston? Yes, it was. When we, we, when, conservatory. We first, when we first met back in the We were 19. 80s. We were 19, which is not that long ago. We were kids. And, um, and little did we know that we'd also be playing in the opera orchestra for a very long time now, Dawn. Yep. And we've <laughs> played a lot of chamber music together. Yep. And then she starts conducting like a champ. And I've been privileged to. Oh, I think this is my third time with. It's bars, your third right? time. He was my. He. I call him my. No, no, no. He. He's my book. Book ends. Book ends. He started my first concert, and I was going to end one of my last. So. Fantastic. And what, what an honor that is for me, Dawn. I love you. You're doing so many wonderful things with music. Thank you. Here, here. Uh, me too. Don Harms, Emil Milan, thank you for taking some time today. Don, perhaps you could tell us just a little bit about Seth Grosshandler's Mountain Festival Orchestra, which we're going to go out with. Well, we had done one of his other pieces. We started it. This just fits so perfectly. He was um, at a festival, um, actually up in a small town um, in, in North Carolina, and it was, he, he loved the influence of the mountains and he just wrote this festival overture and i loved it the minute i heard it and it's an 
incredible, wonder, um, spring-like, spring-like, very uplifting. And I just felt it would be perfect on this piece. And he and David studied together oh, wow. with Boulanger. So it's perfect that he be part of this. So well, I just added them all together. Let's hear a little bit of the Mountain Festival Overture, music of Seth Grosshandler, which will be heard this coming Saturday with the Bay Area Rainbow Symphony. Dawn, Emil, thank you once again for coming. You're so very welcome. Thanks for having us, David. Of course. Thanks. Just a little tease of the music of Seth Grosshandler, his Mountain Festival Orchestra, to be, formed, to be performed with David Conte's Cello Concerto with soloist Emile Milan and Stravinsky's Firebird Suite. This Saturday at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, the Bay Area Rainbow Symphony, under my guest, Don Harms. Bars-SF.org for more information. Still to come, more symphonic music with the San Francisco Symphony Youth Orchestra and Peter Robinson, Muses on the Month of November. Well, since we started our symphonic journey at Davies Symphony Hall, let's linger a bit there, or return there, to talk about the San Francisco Symphony's Youth Orchestra's concert this Sunday at 2. Works of Bernstein, Wagner, and Anna Thordvaldsdotter on the program. Here to tell us more is the Youth Orchestra's music director and conductor and good friend, Daniel Stewart. He became music director of the San Francisco Youth Symphony in the 2019-20 season, also currently serves as music director of the Santa Cruz Symphony, who just offered him a 10-year extension of his music directorship. He's conducted at the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra, the Boston Symphony, L.A. Phil Houston Symphony, among many others. A recent highlight was conducting the San Francisco Symphony in one of their concerts in Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. He's a San Francisco native and a graduate of the Curtis Institute of Music and has studied with, among others, MTT, Simon Rattle, and Otto Werner Mueller. He's also a pretty good viola player and continues to explore that passion as well. Thank you, Mr. Stewart, for joining us. I should say Maestro Stewart for joining us today to talk a little bit about this program. Thank you so much, David. It's a pleasure to be back on here with you. Well, Danny, tell us a little bit first about the audition and selection process for becoming a member of the San Francisco Youth Orchestra Symphony. Of course, it's very competitive. It's a gruelingly uh, competitive process because we have so many talented young musicians in the area. So it's really a great shame to have to turn away qualified members. But that's just what it is. They're exceedingly um, capable young artists when they enter the youth orchestra community and so that's what we're dealing with is an age group between 12 years old and 21 years old all highly capable and dedicated musicians and how often are the auditions once a year and and so the the tenure of a, a, a youth orchestra musician is for how long well it depends sometimes they get in at 12 years old and they're there for a while <laughs> well, you're, sometimes you're, it's an 18 year old and they're out the door so we have about a 30 percent turnover rate so it's 
always a uh, very dynamic <laughs> process, even week to week, because you can imagine at that age, you don't necessarily have all the ingredients uh, consistently. So mm, indeed. It's, it's a great challenge, but a very rewarding one. I should imagine that you're also an alumnus of the program. That's right. <laughs> there you go. I, I certainly am. Well, it must, be, it must be exciting witnessing the reaction to both the classical and contemporary repertoire from these young ears who in all likelihood are experiencing even what we veterans of orchestral playing may call war horses of the repertoire and with fresh faces and fresh ears. That's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up because it really is a huge pleasure to introduce these substantial works to these young artists and uh, fun to see the the ways in which they interact with this sophisticated subject matter um, for the first time. It reminded me of something my uh, Curtis conducting professor, Otto Rader Mueller, a famous phrase of his was nicht für Kinder. Uh, he would, you know, mutter once in a while, <laughs> <laughs> not for children, certain pieces, but well, yeah. I, I had the great pleasure of uh, demonstrating that that's not always the case. Yeah. Such a, a piece as, Tristan and Isolde, which would certainly have fallen under that category for him. But um, at the same time, it's amazing to introduce them to traditions, the kids to the traditions that I'm so close to. For example, Otto Werner Mueller studied with Richard Strauss. Hmm. Richard Strauss knew Richard Wagner. <laughs> so yeah. I am make those connections. Yeah, you make those just connections. Just a few degrees of separation between the man himself and so now they are part of that tradition and they have that connection and this uh, very serious uh, appreciation and dedication to the type of sound and, and ensemble making that uh, can really help illuminate the details of such dense contrapuntal writing. Speaking of Wagner, the prelude in Liebestod from Tristan und Zold is going to be on the program this Sunday at 2 p.m. And Anna Thordvold's daughter, her Metacosmos. Tell us about that work. A fascinating piece, a very spectral type of um, sonic environment, one in which it's not the thing itself it's representing so much as the space that it's creating for the listener to bring their their own experience to bear. Um, and as I was just telling the students last night at our rehearsal, uh, you, well, I was telling them a couple of weeks ago, but now it's very evident as you see Iceland cracking apart again, it's mm. that whole country is one giant volcanic um, environment. And uh, so you're hearing this very emotional landscape at work and how it changes and pushes and pulls against itself. And it's a, it's a fascinating and very uh, uplifting, but um, visceral experience, quite different and quite, beautiful in the context of this program, which deals with love and loss and fun and games to tragedy, but uh, from chaos to clarity is how I phrased mm. it to them. And I think that uh, it's it's a very satisfying and thought-provoking narrative arc that we're presenting from Bernstein, Thorfell's daughter, Faulkner. Mm. Um Touring has always been an important part of the San Francisco Youth Orchestra, Symphony Youth Orchestra, interrupted, of course, by COVID. What sort of plans are underway for future tours? Uh, none. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is very depressing for me to say, but unfortunately, the very visionary and uh, dedicated patrons of the youth orchestra program that worked hard to enshrine that tradition um, no longer uh, exist and uh, 
their wishes aren't quite being honored. Oh, um, I'm so, so sorry to hear. It's 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 it's, it's very sad. Yeah. Well, well, maybe that'll change down the road while you're still working with them. And of course, your great work with the Santa Cruz Symphony. Their season got underway in September, late October concerts under the title Operas of Seville, which is a nice, intriguing title. Didn't realize that, yeah, I guess there were quite a few operas inspired by that incredible city. It, it's true. It, it was an absolute delight to present such a thematically dense um, collection of masterpieces, which you don't necessarily realize are all centered around Sevilla. Uh, hmm. So we had a concert featuring Mozart and Beethoven and Rossini and Verdi and Bizet. <laughs> so wow. just an incredible um, uh, treasure chest of, of melodies and, and famous musical um, depictions. And we also got to introduce our new concertmaster, Nancy Zhou, who is just a sensational artist, an uh, internationally renowned soloist, and now uh, our new artist in residence and concertmaster. So a, a real coup for the Santa Cruz Symphony to have such a such a star as one of our own members. I mentioned in the introduction that your contract there has been extended to 10 years. Uh, does that give you an opportunity to really set down roots and, and grow the orchestra? Is there a larger plan behind this or next season? Thank you so much for saying, yeah, no, I'm, it's actually an additional 10 years. So I hate to date myself, but this is my 10th year now. So it'll be an uh, even 20 at the end of this. And so we certainly have a lot of big plans, including uh, perhaps a world premiere of an opera coming up next year. I, can't quite divulge the details yet, but we have uh, already featured Yuja Wang and four separate concertos and over 30 principal artists from the Metropolitan Opera. So if you haven't yet had the pleasure of experiencing the Santa Cruz Symphony, it's well worth the effort because we're making magic in our wonderfully vibrant little community. Mm, nice. Well, keep on keeping on there as well as with the San Francisco Youth Symphony, Symphony Youth Orchestra with their concert this Sunday at 2, music of Thorvald Dutter as well as Wagner and, as we mentioned, Bernstein, the symphonic dances from West Side Story. Danny, thanks for taking time today and we'll be talking again soon, I'm sure. Thank you so much, David. Always a pleasure, my friend. have links to everything you're hearing today on the arts at our website kalw.org Peter Robinson is going to offer us a little muse on the month of November and asked for this music especially The falling leaves Drift by the window The autumn leaves Of red and gold I see your lips The summer kisses The sunburned hands I use 
Coast. The great Nat King Cole and Autumn Leaves. Peter, I got a nice little dose of autumn when I went back to Boston last weekend. It was a great relief to see those leaves and their glory once again. Peter, take it away. Yeah, hi, David. Yeah, and the leaves are here in full bloom, but they're on the floor. As I hiked down Tennessee Valley just outside Marin last week, you could actually see a bed of fading leaves as you walk towards a a trail that takes you down to the uh, ocean. And so when I use the word fading, leaves line the valley, and you can really realize that November is definitely on the way and probably winter not far behind. I remember the closing lines of a poem by Thomas Hood actually called November. No warmth, no cheerfulness, no healthful ease, no comfortable feel in any member, no shade, no shine, no butterflies, no bees, no fruits, no flowers, no leaves, no birds, ah, November. Yet we live here in California in the land of microclimates, where as many nature poets thrived where you were, David, back east, where the four seasons kick in. And this is especially true for grumpy old Robert Frost. I remember his Not Yesterday, I Learned to Know the Love of Burr November Days Before the Coming of the Snow. But it were vain to tell her so. And they are better for her praise. Uh, Frost had that uncanny ability to write about the interaction and relationship between individuals and nature in a remarkably simple way. He recognizes the beautiful of nature, but also puzzled and sometimes seems troubled by the continuous change. For me, the month of November begins with the Dia de los Moretros, which is celebrated in Mexico and many other countries around the world, where versions of the Day of the Dead have their different shapes and their different forms. The month of November, of course, finishes with Thanksgiving. So the kind of bookends are the Day of the Dead and then Thanksgiving. But in between, it's a presidential month. George Washington, on November 26th, 1789, declared that we should have Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving Day stems back to them. In the sense it's presidential, as five American presidents were born during November, James Polk, Zachary Taylor, Franklin Pierce, Warren Harding, and James Garfield. And, of course, Abraham Lincoln delivered his Gettysburg Address on November the 19th in 1863. And perhaps the most tragic date in recent history, November the 22nd, 1963, when President Kennedy was sadly assassinated. So perhaps the word bleak best describes the month for me. Emily Dickinson concluded... November always seemed to me the Norway of the year. Ah, yes. She was writing before shopping sprees on Black Friday. But hang on, are we on the edge of a recession? I don't know. So let's go back and look at that word bleak. Bleak November. 
and then start counting the days for the festive season and the new year. But as Keith said, if winter comes, spring can't be far behind. So for me, November, I want to say a quick farewell. I want to move on. And that's how it goes today, David. And thanks for Noel Carr, for Nat King Cole and the Falling Leaves. And to you at KLW, a happy end of season. Welcome to something new to come. Thank you, Peter, for your contributions, as always, to our program. And we'll be talking to you again very soon. Thanks, Peter. Good to see you, you, David. Good to see you. Speaking of death and renewal, music from the Firebird Suite by Igor Stravinsky that will be featured this Saturday as part of the Bay Area Rainbow Symphony Concert. Other interesting things going on as well include the Cantata Collective doing free Bach. Cantata Concerts presented on Sundays at 5 at the St. Mary Magdalene Church on Berryman Street in Berkeley. CantataCollective.org for more information. Z-Space is turning 30 this year, and to celebrate, it's hosting Big Bang, a celestial celebration, tomorrow, November 16th at 6 p.m. at Z-Space on Florida Street, featuring performances that honor Z-Space's past, present, and future. Speaking of the California uh, California Festival, the Berkeley Symphony, as I mentioned earlier, continues its 2023-24 Chamber Series with California Connections, this Sunday at 4 at the Piedmont Center for the Arts. California Connections, as part of the California Festival, will weave the music of Berkeley composers with those that have mentored and influenced their work. And, yes, it's coming. Spune Contemporary Ballets, the Christmas Ballet, very much worth seeing if you haven't yet. The 18th and the 19th out in Walnut Creek, December 1-2 in Carmel-by-the-Sea at Mountain View in uh, December 7th to 10th, and then rounding out here at the Yerba Buena Center, December 14th to 24th. David Sedaris is at the Opera House, San Francisco Opera House, that is, this Sunday at 7.30. And prior to that, the operatic rom-com The Elixir of Love by Donizetti opens for a matinee also at the Opera House, the San Francisco Opera, with five additional performances through the 9th of December. Orchestra de l'Opera Bastille, conducted by Myung Won Chung, 
performed that excerpt from the Firebird, which you'll hear the Bay Area Rainbow Symphony perform this Saturday night under the direction of Don Harms. And speaking of Stravinsky, the octet for wind and brass instruments will be performed this Friday and Saturday as part of the San Francisco Symphony's concerts under the direction of uh, Esapekka Salonen. And that concert will also include the premiere of Gabriella Smith's organ concerto with James McVinney as organist. Let's hear a little bit more of Stravinsky. Here's part of his octet for wind instruments. Leonard Bernstein leading the Boston Symphony Orchestra in that excerpt from Stravinsky's Octet for Wind Instruments to be presented this Friday and Saturday with the San Francisco Symphony as a Pekka Salonen director. That's on the arts for this week. Our shows are archived at KALW.org. The show is produced by Janice Lee. If you've got a show suggestion or some comments about today's show, praise, criticism, I can handle it. Send me an email. I'm david at kalw.org.